Okay, so we're back again with the key chat, and today I have my good friend, Miss Alicia, and we're going to talk about a good topic regarding learning to let go. Hi, Alicia. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited for this topic. And welcome back. I know um, it's been a, a minute since we recorded together, and I definitely missed you, so I'm so happy to have you back. Same. I feel like it's been a, a hot minute, but we have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Definitely. So as I mentioned, Alicia and I, we have a very good rapport. So when we were discussing yesterday what we should talk about and the whole light bulb went off um, just through our conversation about learning to let go. And of course, the whole subject I feel of the whole Q chat is empowerment self-love and self-worth so one element of that is learning to let go sometimes it's important to just simply eliminate certain things and to move forward in order to be happy so as far as learning to let go before we kind of get into the layers of it what do you feel is your definition alicia of just letting go of something or a situation well first i i think that it's always easier said than done no matter what the situation is, um, because if you're having to let go of something, it's usually because it's a difficult thing to do. Um, in my particular experience, it's usually a relationship. I was lucky enough to be in a very supportive family where I haven't really had to let go of anybody, um, but maybe just reassess my expectations of, of people. Uh, but for me personally, I think it's mostly relationships. What about you? For me, I've definitely looked at the whole aspect of learning to let go. Definitely relationships for sure, but I've also had to let go in air quotes of friendships, um, definitely career choices recently. Um, even some, mm -hmm. I don't want to say necessarily family members, but certain things in my family as far as letting go of situations or gatherings or just being around certain individuals that I know is going to bring down my level of mm -hmm. happiness or bring up my anxiety level. Like I had to let go of being yeah. in those situations for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I've even had to let go of things myself. Like they always say, like, look in the mirror first, but that's, that is true. You can't expect everybody else to make all of these changes if you don't let go of some of the things that maybe you didn't realize were issues as well for other people. So that's like a good point. My yeah. Like in my personal experience, as far as relationship goes, if I'm having a difficult situation with a significant other and it's really hurting them, I don't want to make them feel that way. So I, I do have to reassess how I'm doing things if it's not making them their best self either. That's an excellent point. That is another layer that I definitely felt like I've had to analyze. I know like after I made 40, I feel like, and I don't know if other people experience that, um, but I think in general, most people, once they hit the age of 40, you really honestly start thinking about everything in your life. So I know for me personally, I have looked at certain things just in my own behavior or how I may be, how I interact with people or just things of that nature as far as letting go and certain things that I'm like, okay, yeah, you could work on this 
let me focus on maybe changing this or changing my tone or changing how I may address certain people, things of that nature for, you know, and I'm, especially as a mother too, um, and entering different phases of motherhood now because my kids are getting older and I have one that's like about to leave high school and also with his age, like he, for all intents and purposes, whatever, he is an adult basically. So I had to let go of certain things, even as a mother and how I address my child, because I'm like, okay, he's basically a man now. Okay. He's still growing, but you know, I still had to let go of certain things as a mother, which that was extremely hard and it still is. But that's another element for me, you know, because being a mother is a huge part of my life, obviously. So I had to learn to let go of certain things, um, certain habits I was accustomed to. And just also for my growth, besides the fact of dealing with a child who is an adult, I also was like always extremely, I don't like to use the word overprotective, but my whole life was my children at one point in my life. But then once Mm -hmm. I got older and there were certain things I kept putting on the back burner and I started seeing like, okay, um, you're approaching your mid forties. Time isn't guaranteed. I'm like, I don't have much time to do everything. Like I didn't want to take things for granted. So I had to let go of certain things to kind of put myself first, which I wasn't accustomed to not saying that they're put last, but I had to let go of not thinking of myself sometimes, you know, and I think we kind of get, You know what, and actually, this is a good point. I think with letting go, I think sometimes we feel like holding on to certain things, too, is being, if we let go of it, we may be accused of being selfish. And I think putting yourself first or letting go of something for your own self-help, being happier is not being selfish, you know. So that's just something I just thought of off the top of my head. But I had to learn to let go of certain things, thinking, oh, this is being selfish. But it's not being selfish. It's just making good decisions for yourself. Yeah, and that's that's the same thing as, like, say you're in a relationship with somebody and you say, this is what I need from you. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to change you. That just means that they're telling you what they need, and it's up to you if you want to make that happen because you care about that person. I agree. Like, there's a a big difference. (laughs) There is a huge difference, and I think that's while we tend to maybe get into some traps sometimes where we hold on to things longer than we should because Mm -hmm. we don't want to think that we're being pushy by basically simply saying, hey, this is what we need to be, this is what I need to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like a lot of us, we tend to want to please everyone instead of looking Mm -hmm. at ourselves because once again, self-worth or self-love or just putting yourself first even though I think it's a good thing I think it sometimes comes with if it's it can be misconstrued in the wrong way where it can be labeled as selfish and I think a lot of us are afraid to be accused of being selfish you know because it's a mis it's a misconcept I think um to accuse someone of being selfish by putting themselves first you know by putting their happiness first or saying hey this is unhealthy for me this is toxic I need to this is what I need you to do to change this, or I do need to let go of this situation. That's not being selfish at all. Right. Yep, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I feel like there's 
there's definitely a difference between men and women when it comes to their viewpoints on that as well. Like, just, like, genetically, I feel like we look at things very differently. Um, I've realized, like, with my personal experience, men usually don't do anything that they don't want to do. So um, to kind of, like, go off of what I've been going through in my relationship is, this is what I need from you, and are you going to be selfish and ignore that, or are you actually going to step up and realize, okay, she's not happy because I'm not loving her the way that she wants to be loved. And then it's up to me to decide, do I want to stay in something like that, or do I want to set a higher standard for myself and not pretty much settle for just getting by because of it, it being familiar. Do you know what I mean? Right. I agree. And settling is like, settling is like kryptonite to Superman for me. Like... The, the whole idea of settling is just like the worst thing ever for me. <laughs> and um, that's another thing I'm big on is never settle at all. I've done it and I feel like no good comes out of settling. But you're right. I feel like men and women, and I hate to generalize, but sometimes, I mean, it is what it is. I think men and women definitely view things differently, for sure. Um, I do agree with you that at least my experiences, so I'm not going. So, so I'm not generalizing. But the experiences I've had with men, you're correct, they're not really going to do anything that they don't want to do. Women I know, friends I know, you know, they tend to compromise more. I think to a degree, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to try and ride this out, or I just feel like we analyze sometimes to the point we overanalyze situations. Exactly. <laughs> you <laughs> know. <laughs> exactly. I know I've overanalyzed things to a fault sometimes. Like, or something I was thinking about today. I feel like sometimes we know from the beginning as women when there's a situation that we honestly should let go and walk away from. And mm-hmm. instead of us doing that, and I'm not saying everyone, but I, I'll speak for myself then. So I'm not generalizing. I know for me, there's been situations or people that I knew I shouldn't keep trying with, but instead of just wishing that person well, not everyone's compatible, and that's perfectly fine. You can wish a person well and move on, but instead, I think sometimes we don't want to realize, hey, I'm just truly not compatible with this person, and it doesn't make them a bad person, but we try to, like, squeeze them in our mold instead, instead of just letting go from that. And it wastes a lot of time. I mean, that's just my personal experience, especially recently. I've done that, you know, where, okay, me and this person, I know we're not compatible. But in my mind, oh, but they're still a good person. They can still be a great person, but they're just not for you, you know, and move on. Wish them well and leave, you know. But for me personally, I think it was the woman in me, like the the nurturer. I always wanted to fix stuff and make stuff right. I kept talking myself into thinking this was a situation that was going to work and there were so many red flags already telling me it wasn't going to work yeah i think it just comes down to is that other person willing to work through it and if not is it in your best interest it, like for me i was in a four-year relationship um Sharonda, you know about it i was uh it was when we first met and right it, he had to go away and you know we said yep we're gonna make it work it's only a two-hour drive 
But then I stopped and I realized I am miserable without this person, but I'm also miserable with them because when I was with him, as much as I love him with all my heart, and there's always going to be a place for him in my heart, but I could not be myself with him. I could not completely just let that, that guard down because I was afraid of being myself and vulnerable to the point that I thought he was going to leave which ultimately is exactly what happened. Mm. And then, you know, you meet somebody else and then it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder because you can actually be yourself. But it's, it's knowing your self-worth and what you deserve. It, I mean, I always try to explain it to, to my friends when they come to me and say, what do I do? Okay, well, you're like, I will give you an example of one of my friends where it's, like a very bad situation so like definitely should not be in a relationship with this person but they have a child together and they try to make it work um but it's one of those things where you have to reflect on yourself and what you want for yourself because ultimately as that child grows they're going to be able to see what is exactly happening like you think that you're hiding your child from this but you're not so Really, what you're doing for your best self is also your best interest of a child in this circumstance. So I try to explain to them it's kind of like having a thorn stuck in your foot. It hurts really, really, really bad, and it's going to suck to pull out. But once it does, it's going to be such a relief. And then you can just move forward and hopefully co-parent correctly. Of course, that did not happen, but (laughs) it's... It's very, it's a good analogy of exactly what you need to do to actually move forward and be happy when you're in a situation like that. It's a perfect analogy because even with the experience I just had, as you know as well, it took me months to just say, okay, this isn't working with a a particular individual or whatever. But Mm -hmm. once I finally was like, okay, this is too much. I did feel like a weight was lifted. And the funny thing is, prior to that, when I kept trying to talk myself into this situation, or sticking into it and not letting go of it, I did keep thinking, well, what's going to happen after? But I felt relieved, actually. And I feel relieved now because I'm like, at least I'm not in this same pattern, this same cycle, which was really beneath me, you know, which, again, goes back to past episodes that I've done where I always promote self-love like I said I'm torn between my two prime shirts um go love yourself I mean you have to and I think that's something that we just don't tend to do sometimes or we don't even realize we're not putting ourselves first or just we don't you know because it's so easy to fall into patterns sometimes with people And as much as we don't want to admit things, there's always fear on the other side, whether, you know, we want to admit it or not. I mean, it's not easy to let go of things, for sure. You know, it's not easy. It's like, well, what if we don't find somebody else like this with me? Or I think, honestly, one, it depends on your age. Because if you're, like, getting older in life and you want somebody to spend your life with, like, the kids are out of the house, that's, like, that's different. If you're a 20-year-old, you shouldn't, that shouldn't even be on your mind, honestly. <laughs> like, you're going to find a lot more other people. But, um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it definitely matters about where you are in your life and, and what you expect because I think that a lot of people have a huge fear of being lonely. Right. Um, they look for that companionship, but I would much rather 
be single and alone than have a headache. Right. <laughs> <Me> personally. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Yeah. Remember, me and you had that conversation where I was like, well... I'm in my, I'm approaching my mid forties, you know, certain things that I feel like I don't have enough time for, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but of course, once again, fear will, will make us think irrationally. I feel like, you know, I'm not 97, you know, but it's like, it'll make you think some mm-hmm. things that, you know, we'll try and talk ourselves into sticking with situations like you name it, we'll start giving ourselves these ridiculous scenarios as to why we shouldn't let go of a situation. I mean, mm-hmm. I've said it even when I let go of a job at first, which eventually turned into me letting go of a career. But the first one that I decided to leave, I would wake up every morning for like a duration of months. I was extremely miserable. My anxiety was through the roof. I would dream about my accounts at night. I would wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, my God, I have to do this tomorrow. I need to call this person. I need, you know, it was just like my whole life yeah. was immersed in this job. Uh-huh. And when I would wake up in the mornings when my little alarm on my phone would wake me up, the first thing I said every morning, it wasn't, oh, thank God you woke me up. My first thing every morning was I'm trapped and I'm stuck. I'm not going to be able to leave this job that I physically don't even want to go to. Like, I literally would say that every morning, like, I'm trapped, I'm stuck. Sometimes I'd be sitting at my desk, completely miserable, and I'd be like, well, how am I going to leave? I have kids, like, there's no way I'm not going to be able to afford this. Um, I mean, I had so many things in my mind just trying to talk me out of it, even though I was unhappy. So, but, you know, also we, and that's another thing, too, I don't know if it's necessarily age, but... I think some people are so wrapped up too into what other people think or how things look on the surface as well. Like so many things ties up into why we tend to stick with maybe a job we don't like, but it looks good on paper. Or we stick with a person who they're really not the one for us, but we look cute together, you know, <laughs> or something silly right. like that. But, you know, because we don't want to leave or we just don't want to see what's on the other side. But you're choosing unhappiness at the end of the day. You know, you're choosing anxiety. You're choosing stress. All these things affect you physically. And it takes a lot to walk away. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I know like we're talking about letting go and we do want to get that out there for anyone listening. But... I'm not minimalizing what it is to leave something. I'm not, you know, so I get it. It's hard and it takes yeah. some thought. But at the end of the day, I feel people should choose happiness. Yeah, but I feel like you're a prime example of that. So let me ask you this. Right now, my current situation, um, as you know, because we did work together, so you know exactly what I walk into every day. Right. I have looked, I, you know, I'm I'm weighing the, the options. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I really don't like this career. It has nothing to do with the place I'm working at. My boss is awesome. Like, I love my coworkers. I just don't like my career path. Mm-hmm. And it pays very well for where I live. And if I go out and I look for something and I find it's like literally my, my paycheck is going to be cut in half. So I'm like, okay, do I stick it out in this miserable state or do I get paid half the amount of money and still be miserable because then I'm in Right, debt. then you're in financial you know I mean? ruin, right. 
So for being somebody that actually took the risk and started to be an entrepreneur, how do you feel like, do you feel like you made that right decision? Every single day, I feel like I made the right decision, but I do acknowledge that it's not an easy decision, but I did make the right one. And don't get me wrong, leaving that career in general, even though the last time I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore as far as the last employer, but that really even wasn't an overnight decision. That was something that had taken place over at least a year and a half of me just being miserable in that industry in general, like me thinking about work 24 freaking seven. Then I left one company where I thought about work 24 freaking seven, then went to another company and I'm immersed in work 24 seven. I was just like, I just, this is too much. And definitely with the first company, physically I was affected. I already have um, severe anemia, okay, and asthma, but I was even sicker working for that particular company because like I said I was miserable I would come home in the evenings and go like straight to bed sometimes when I wasn't working and even my children could see that I was affected by work every single day when I would come home all three of them would ask me individually how was work you know because they knew like work would affect my mood too or sometimes I literally was knocked out like because I had no physical energy either And then the second time around, when I started working for someone else, same industry, one of my kids was like, why, I was asking like my oldest who could drive, I'm like, can you go get me lunch or whatever? And he was like, you haven't budged in like hours. I'm like, I can't, you know, like, so then I felt like I was a prisoner in my own house. So for me personally, I don't regret leaving because I felt like I had to choose either you're going to be happy or you're going to drive yourself to a heart attack. Like I said, I'm I'm pushing 43 years old. Mm-hmm. So for me, I couldn't continue to be in situations and I do have anxiety issues. I'm like, I can't continue to be in situations where my anxiety is through the roof or like I'm so stressed about even talking to people because I'm just drained in this in something that I don't my heart isn't in. Like, I was literally depressed, and I was like, I can't take it anymore. So, for me, I don't regret leaving, but I do acknowledge it's not easy to just sit there and say, oh, well, you know what, I'm going to walk away from a situation and, you know, not know where my next meal's coming from. I definitely don't want people to think that, but, and I think I've said it in past recordings, at least start a plan though. Like I definitely don't promote people just leaving something abruptly because we're all humans. We have needs. We have to eat. We have to provide for ourselves. So definitely don't just get away. Don't just walk away from something abruptly if you can help it, but do have a a plan in place. And I think it's just a smart move for people to just put a plan in place. Always have some options. Just think of some things because I just feel like we live in a world where too many people are even letting their jobs kill them because they're so stressed out and they're miserable and it's just not... It's a hard hard line to walk right? because a lot of people don't want to work anymore, but also employers want to overwork you. So finding a sense of when am I being taken advantage of versus, okay, it's just a job and every job has a little bit of struggle. You know what I mean? And, like, but you know what? You know, I think 
But not to interrupt you, but I feel like that is also something that we say to kind of talk ourselves out of stuff. To me, when we all say, oh, when we start a job, right, or, or we're at a job, we're miserable. There's always that one person, maybe two people or five people that are quick to say, well, you know, every company has things with it. But what does that sound like when you're in a relationship that's not working and, you know, you have someone in a toxic freaking relationship tell you, well, you know, um, every relationship has problems. <laughs> so you start thinking, it's like we say the same thing, but just in different you know, phrases to stick with stuff uh-huh. sometimes, you know, and it is true. Yeah, there's no perfect, well, I'm not going to say there's no perfect job, because, but there's no, there's nothing in life that's not going to have some bumps in the road. Okay, let's put it that way. But uh-huh. I think for each individ- individual, whether it's letting go of a toxic maybe work environment or a career that's not serving you or walking away from a bad relationship or walking away from friendships that don't serve you too which is something we can dive into as well I think it's always Mm -hmm. smart to weigh out the pros and cons so it's not an abrupt decision yeah I think that um for me personally I was setting myself up for failure because I it took me a long time to kind of realize that not all things in my life are going to be in balance at the same time. And as much as I strive for that, I've found it nearly damn impossible. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I guess I, I never looked at it like that, but you're definitely right. Like I said, it's not easy, and I'll say that again. I think letting go of anything you're familiar with, too, is not easy. Right. Whether it's a career. I mean, especially people put time into their careers. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I put time into my past career. I did all this training and all, everything, even though that was forced, too. <laughs> but I didn't have a choice right. with that. Like, I was forced by my employer to study for months for some certification, you know, when under the, all the stress and anxiety, I'm like, okay, I don't even want to do this. It's not like I got a salary hike for it. It was just to have this cert, right. this um, these alphabets behind my name. I'm like, okay, what did this put in my bank account? Nothing, you know, like, so, right. <laughs> and it was just a lot of stuff. I'm like, status and just fitting in and just, it just didn't excite me. Now, I don't expect everyone to think like me, but I've always just, I read something the other day that says, right, correct. And some people are definitely happy working with numbers or just sitting in the cubicle, things of that nature. And I don't knock them, but I did scroll across something the other day that said, are you a creative in a cubicle? And I thought that was so funny when I read that. And I think that was always a conflict for me. In general, because I've always just had this creative nature, like, and and that's Uh not something everyone has, but I just, for me, I can't sit in any structured environment for like eight hours or as you and I know, sometimes 10 hours, 12, I I can't do that. Like I was, it's just, I couldn't do it anymore. It's like your creativeness is being restricted. Right. It's like being a bird in a cage or, you know, being an animal in captivity or to me, like I've always said. And I've had some people agree with me, some people not. But I've always said, for me, and that's only for me and me and my house of Sharonda, I'm not talking about everybody else, but for me, working for an employer was like modern day slavery. I couldn't deal with it. Like, I'm asking someone, can I go on vacation with hours that I've earned? 
and they got to tell me yes or no. I got to ask them, can I go tend to my sick child? Hey, I'm sick as a dog. Can I stop working? Like, It's like, I just couldn't deal with it. And that's Mm -hmm. just me personally. Like I said, I'm not, you know, that's my disclaimer. I'm not trying to encourage anyone to do something that's going to land them in a situation they can't live with. But on the flip side, I feel some situations you have to take a risk and just go for it as well. Whether it's a risk that you took a few months to finally do or a few weeks, whatever. I do feel there's a risk in letting go of anything. There's a risk in leaving a relationship. You can walk away from this person that you've known for several years and you may not meet somebody else. Or you may not meet somebody else quickly. Or you may meet several people who are even bigger jerks than the last person before you finally do meet the right one, (laughs) you know, it's not going to be that as easy as we may talk ourselves into, but it's worth the risk to hard. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's it's the mind telling you that though, because really, unless you're like super arrogant, I think everybody feels like, Oh, nobody's gonna be with me. Like the way that person did. And Mm -hmm. I just got to a point where I was like, well, good. Why would I want that? Because <laughs> right. that's exactly what I'm trying to get away from. Right. And I think I'm a fool if I think that out of the billions of people that live in this world, my soulmate lives a mile up the road. Like, no. Like, right. you have to be open to the fact that there's a lot of people out there that are probably better suited for you. It's right. having the patience to get there. <laughs> right. It's having patience. And you got to have a ton of faith, too, for sure. You do. Now, it's harder, though, if you're related to that person. So let's talk about, like, a family member that you're having to let go of. Because I feel like they always say, you know, blood is thicker than water. Right. Um, But I know a lot of people that they had a really rough upbringing, and their friends are their family. They chose who they wanted in their lives for their own mental health. So Mm. do you have an example that you can give us? Because my eyes were very blessed in the sense of, I have to cut any family members completely out. Right. Well, I know for me personally, I have certain family members who I just never got along with. Um, I actually have a sibling who I don't have the greatest relationship with, but it's been like that since we literally were children. And I felt like I was bullied my whole childhood by this particular sibling. And I felt like it didn't get any better after we became adults. And it got to the point where I'm just like, why am I continuing to deal with this situation that makes me unhappy to be around this person if I don't have to be? And I mean, not to sound cold or harsh. Do I love my sibling? Yeah, I do. Do I want to hang out with her? No. And it's perfectly fine. You know, I just, it it wasn't, that wasn't an easy decision either. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to stop. There's a lot of pressure. It's not easy. Exactly. Um, It's just not something that happens overnight for sure. But I felt like. Do you feel like you had had pressure from other members of your family? Oh, definitely. Oh, I definitely did. I always had people who 
same thing, just like we were saying, oh, like, oh, or there's always something at your job, or, oh, every relationship has problems. When it comes to family, the famous line is, well, that's just how so-and-so is, you know, like, that's what you're told to put up with abuse or put up with things that any other person would not deal with, but, oh, it's because it's your family member, and, oh, well, that's just how that person is, that's just their way, you're supposed to tolerate it, and... I just, that's just not me in general. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not telling people, oh, stop dealing with your family. But for me, I'm just like, I expect more out of my family than anybody. And if I can't get it out of my family, there's a problem. I don't want to be around negative energy. If my own mother gave me negative energy, I would have to step back. And that's not, I don't mean my actual mom, okay? But I'm trying to be dramatic in this analogy to say how serious I feeling about people with negative energy and I know some people they don't have the greatest relationships with their own parents they have to deal with them at a distance or they have to deal with them within limits or boundaries and I think that's one thing that we also make a mistake in doing we don't know how to have boundaries with our family because there's always a cousin or an aunt or someone who doesn't know everything that took place, but they have a ton of sense to add in. You know, they got that two cents to add in on what they think you should do. But at the end of the day, when you lay down at night, you're the person that has to deal with stress and anxiety, you know, or unhappiness. And that's one thing I think exactly. we all need to understand when it comes to everything that we're talking about. At the end of the day, you're the one that has to live with those decisions. And you're the one that's either going to be happy or unhappy. And for me, even my own blood relatives were not worth me gambling my happiness anymore or letting people disrespect me as a person just because we share a bloodline. I mean, that's great and all, but I I just, it's it's back to self-love and self-worth. And that's why I always push love yourself go love yourself love yourself first if you don't love yourself you're going to have a huge hole in your heart waiting for other people to fill it waiting for this person that you're in a toxic relationship with waiting for this relative who they're not going to see you for who you truly are to fill it or waiting for that you're just chasing like a tail like a dog chasing his tail you're just going in circles and you're not getting any level of fulfillment if you don't love yourself first you're inviting so many people or so many things and so many choices to take away to rob you of so many good things in your life mm-hmm. and it's not worth it yeah. so like you know with family and I know some people that have, have also experienced this is it awkward yeah it is you know but I feel like I'm a strong I'm very strong about even if it's your family member, if it's a toxic situation or it's just a person who their energy doesn't match yours or their energy drains you, I feel like, okay, you don't have to deal with it. You need to walk away from it or have some boundaries, deal with them in limits. I just feel like it's the only way to survive because we, a lot of us tend to take a lot of abuse from family members. And I've said this in the past too. I feel like a lot of us experience our first situations with bullying with our own relatives it wasn't even school you know it was Uh in our homes with our own family members whether it was a sibling or you know people who sadly have toxic parents you know I feel like a lot of people experience their first 
taste of bullying in their own home as children, you know, in their upbringings with their own relatives. And I feel like, yeah, as a child, we kind of didn't have a choice. But as an adult, we damn sure have a choice to say, okay, I don't have to tolerate this anymore. Right. And I feel like if your family members, if your other family members truly did love you, they would understand why you're making that decision. But I feel like, at least in my experience, funerals in particular, they either make or break a family. So Mm -hmm. it's either they bring people together or everybody gets really greedy and then true colors shine. And I feel like that's pretty much where my situation takes place. um, We do have one person in my particular family that's incredibly manipulative. She was raised as the baby. She's the only girl in a very large Italian family. And she's always gotten everything she wanted. But if she doesn't get what she wants, it's just a manipulative situation that hurts a lot of people in a very deep wound. And the thing is, is how many times can somebody like look at you and go, but that's how she's always been. She doesn't know any better. Okay. Well, she's 52 years old. She better fucking know better by now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it gets to a point where it's like, okay, when you've already sat that person down and you've tried to make it work and they just keep continuously hurting you, why are you going to keep putting yourself through that? Like, again, if you're having a family function, be decent, but um, if it's a situation where this person, you know they're so manipulative that even a simple, hi, how are you, turns into a door being opened, then it's okay to permanently close that. Right, and and that's funny that you said that, because I felt like that's how the situation was with me. It was just like, I was continually being hurt by that person. And I'm like, you know, fool me once, shame on me, but fool me like the 50,000th time, okay, I'm apparently allowing this to happen, or I'm putting myself, you know, I'm not standing up for myself, or I'm, you know, putting myself in these people's companies when I don't have to be, and that's when I was like, okay, I gotta take a step back, because even that same sibling, they always were mean to me, then when that same sibling got married... It was like WWE, her and the spouse would tag team and be equally nasty too. And I'm like, really? I don't, you know, I'm like, I really don't have time to be someone's whipping board, especially when, like I said, right. I share a bloodline. To me, that makes it worse. Okay. Like, and I can't deal with that anymore. And like I said, that's why I feel like self love is important, it's imperative. And if we don't have it, we really will tolerate the wrong things we will allow people i feel like we have the control over situations we have the control over how people treat us if someone mistreats you i don't care who it is like (laughs) let go all right like walk away from them i don't care who it is especially if you've had a conversation or they know like okay you've done some jacked up stuff to me and they're still not getting the point well, guess what? It's not worth it anymore. That's my opinion. And I think one thing, too, that, and this may be slightly off topic, but I think when it comes to family members, a lot of people don't know the true definition of forgiveness. You can forgive someone and not be in their company. And I think 
so many people have the whole notion of forgiveness twisted so they feel like people that are looking from the outside looking in I feel if they see like some family members that don't really coexist or interact with one another it's like oh well they must hate them and they don't forgive them oh I can forgive so and so easily but I still don't have to be in their company forgiveness means okay I've let go of this situation I don't hold any hate towards you but it doesn't mean you have to go any further than that and I've, I'm sorry, like I even had a um, one of these famous pastors out here in New Orleans. I'm not really going to say their name, but I used to go to their church and he preached that one Sunday. He was just like, just because I forgive you doesn't mean I have to hang with you afterwards. And I never forgot that because I'm like, he's 100% right. And I just think with family, because there is extra layers to letting go of a family member, trust me, because it's not necessarily that easy and people really do judge the situation a lot of people they never know the full story especially when it comes to siblings that grew up in the same household together because at the end of the day only the immediate family knows what truly goes on in their household I don't care what you said to whatever cousin or aunt no one knows what truly takes place in a person's household other than the people who live there and hell we know some people they lived under the same roof together and they still don't know exactly what the hell's going on in their own house Okay. So, so right. when I was with my husband, it was it was constant struggle. One because I was young, so I didn't really know my boundaries, like on how to handle a marriage young. But um I come from a very big loud Italian family where we tell it how it is, we are blunt, we but we don't hurt each other's feelings. We just we're all the same personalities, so we don't care. Um Whereas his family was just so quiet and conservative and laid back that I was like, don't y'all talk about how you feel about stuff? (laughs) No. Like, okay, well, this is bothering me when your mother does this. Oh, okay. Like, what? So then it caused issues for me and him because his family was just a completely different dynamic than mine, but they just swipe everything under the rug and are okay with that. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I experienced that, too. Um, when I was married, yeah. me and my ex, our families were totally different, night and day. So, on the flip side, because he didn't have, like, a particular bond, like, with his family, he didn't understand why I talked to my mom a lot or why she would do things for me for my birthday or why I had my dad to lean on. Like, all these things were foreign to him. And... When I became a mother, I was extremely hands-on, and it seems like he thought it was very, it was too much. And on the flip side, I also thought his family was weird. So I'm just like, it goes both ways. Like, you know, like, you looking at us like we're crazy, and I'm looking at you guys like, okay, really? That's how y'all interact? You know, so, and we also had different views of parenting because of that, too. Like, I'm very... I like to bond with my kids, like I'm hands-on, and I just never thought it was the same on his end, just because of our upbringings, you know, so I I get that, too. But that has to be frustrating on you and your relationship, because you want him to be like that, right? Right, and I think that's another thing, too, going back to relationships, too. I just think sometimes, like I mentioned and it's literally something that dawned on me today because I was thinking about a situation I was in. Sometimes people just simply aren't, aren't compatible. You know, everyone has different upbringings, too. And mm-hmm. 
opposites don't attract all the time. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that's what we tend to tell ourselves sometimes. Once again, when we're trying to talk ourselves into why one situation is good for us when it really isn't. Opposites don't always attract at the end of the day. Okay, especially when we're talking about life partners. It really doesn't, you know, I mean, and I think that's another reason why we kind of get into these situations or these relationships where we're trying to hold on to something that's really not meant to be. And I think sometimes, and that, that goes back to what I was saying about forgiving relatives in relationships. I just feel like, you know, we don't want to walk away sometimes because we just, we think if we walk away from someone, it has to be like acrimonious you know you can walk away from a situation on good terms you know like it doesn't have to be a negative thing just to acknowledge hey this we're just we don't rock you know like we're night and day opposites don't always attract we're just simply not compatible we don't speak the same love language okay it's time to just cut ties and call it a day and it doesn't have to be anything negative but no animal Right. right, like there's ways to leave without being, you know, any animosity. But once again, I think because of that fear, we tell ourselves it's going to be something negative. And sometimes it is for one party. Like, because, I mean, let's face it, sometimes when you want to leave a situation, the other person isn't exactly feeling that. They may not want you to leave or they may want to work it out. So that's, of course, where some tension can possibly come about it. But we still can't let fear of that either or fear of what another person will, where we, how they will react to stick around as something that we shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. I think that's a judgment call because if, if you have somebody that's willing to work on things and stick it out in 2020, that's a very rare thing, I feel like. Um, but at the same time, it also is, it has to be something you want to do and not something you feel forced to do. Well, my disclaimer with that is I feel like the person has to since they have to be sincere about it. They can't just say, oh, um, we're going to I'm going to work towards this because words mean nothing without action. I was in a situation like that. Whenever I had an issue, the person was like, oh, well, I'll work on whatever you say. Then a week later, sometimes days later, it was the same situation. I'm just like, didn't he just say um, (laughs) that he was going to work on this? And he wasn't. It was just something that was being said, which is manipulative. So if someone, so yeah, I get that. If someone, I mean, genuinely is like, okay, well, I'm willing to work on this to stick around to be with you. And they actually start working on it. I give them 100% credit, but just make sure it's somebody that's really sincere and they're not just saying that to keep you along further in this road to dysfunction because people okay, tend so to do that too. This. So something gradually takes time. Do you give that person a certain amount of time to make these changes? Or because obviously nothing's going to happen overnight. Right. So what do you need to see in order for you to establish whether you want to give them the opportunity to change that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how much time do you actually give somebody to show you? I think it depends on the people and what type of relationship you have. You know, if this is somebody maybe that you're just dating and they've done some really jacked up stuff. 
I mean, that's a judgment call, too, on whether you really want to stick around to give them a timeline. Me, personally, the last situation I was in, I didn't give them a timeline. I just notated that this was a recurrent pattern that wasn't something that was just overnight. This was a pattern that had been going on for quite some time. And that's when I'm like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. this isn't going anywhere. Over and over and then... Right. It was too much of a spinning wheel. And I'm not, I mean, for a long time. So I was like, okay, this really isn't ever going to change at this point because it's just not going anywhere. But, um, yeah, you get to a point where you're like, if you could just do this, we'd be fine. And if they're not willing to do that, then you're like, okay, this is making me more miserable than anything. Right. So, like, so for things like that, I feel like it really is a case by case situation and it also depends like I said on the type of relationship you have of course if it's a marriage I mean yeah (laughs) like that's that's a whole different ball game walking away from a marriage you know or if it's a relationship and I mean a true relationship not something cloudy where the other person just doesn't even give you um something definitive where you even know what type of relationship it is I'm talking about a true relationship that you've been in for quite some time. and Because relationships do hit rough spots, obviously. Something like that that you've invested a lot into. I think it is a case-by-case situation. Because on the flip side of that coin, sometimes it's like, okay, this has been going on for so long. Something's got to give where maybe we should walk away from this. But there are some situations where... You have been together for so long and you've hit a a bumpy spot and it can be salvaged if two people, not just one, if two people really truly are making an effort and they sincerely love one another, you know, there's some, you know, everything's case by case. There's some situations you should walk away from when it comes to relationships, but there's some situations where I feel it can be salvaged for sure. I feel like I know so many couples that the only reason they're together is because of their kids and um, I'll give a perfect example. I have a relative that is with, he's been with his significant other six, seven years. Mm. And I think about three months of it has been bliss. Wow. <laughs> and um, it's just been constant back and forth, like police involved, just not a good situation. And then they ended up accidentally having a child together. And... Well, things got better, but I think that there's a lot that happens behind closed doors that when he vents to his family about, it's incredibly frustrating for us to hear that because, you know, it's an abusive situation, but not from the male standpoint, but from a female doing it to a male. So Mm. that in itself is difficult. But when you already come from a broken home, you think you need to stick it out for that child. I personally am so glad my parents broke up at a young age because if I had to be raised by my father, I think I would not be anywhere near, I would have not have turned out as good as I did. So I think that for anybody that's listening that has children and you think you need to stay in a situation for the, for the best benefit of your child, that's not always the case. Like sometimes you have to step away to be doing the right thing for your child. I agree. Um, definitely, number one, abusive relationships is never a good alternative to stay in it. That's just, I'm sorry. Like, I feel it's never 
a good excuse to stay in anything that's abusive. Um, mm-hmm. As far as working it out for the kids, I've been in that situation too. At the end of the day, it's much better for children to be in a healthy situation to be something toxic. Healthy can mean two separated parents, okay? Because children shouldn't be exposed to negativity amongst two adults. Like, I, you know, I don't agree with that either. And once again, abuse is not just physical. It's also emotional. It's mental abuse. And no one should tolerate that, period. Whether it's for your kids, whether it's for financial reasons. Some people are together because they can't afford (laughs) to live without that person. I mean, seriously, they'd be homeless probably because they don't have any money without that other person. Um, But no, anything that's abusive is not worth it, ever. Like, you should always let go of that. I know when I was younger, though, I never looked at it like, oh, I come from a broken home. I looked at it like, I get two different Christmases. Right. And that's why you you do need to spin it and make it positive. You know, I mean, there's a lot of healthy situations, you know. I mean, hey, people just got to spin it and be the positivity in every situation, quite frankly. Just like when you walk away from a bad relationship. Oh, well... I'm going to be, I'll list some goals. I'll just be happy on my own. Just like with me and um, China, the writer, did um, a podcast about embracing your singleness. And we were saying how some people, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to go on this trip. I'm not going to go um, across country or out of the country until I meet my spouse. No, go on your trips now. So when you meet that spouse, you'll have some fabulous, awesome pictures <laughs> you can show your spouse. Or some people, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to purchase a home until I get married. No, purchase your house now when you and your spouse get together. Hey, maybe you guys will have some fabulous rental property. But, you know, you just got to be the positive of everything. So, yeah, like work towards a self goal. And then right. if you don't get that house, fine. But maybe when you meet somebody, you can go in on it together and you can at least feel like you contributed. Right. But definitely don't wait, you know. So there's always a way to spin it. So, you know, for people that's divorcing or. That is a good way to look at it. Okay, the kid gets two Christmases. <laughs> and most, right, you know, right. that's always, instead of being miserable. Right. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. Like, do you feel like finances um, plays a huge part in a successful relationship? I think finances are a factor. I think that money is a scary topic for some people. I think that money is a subject that is awkward and uncomfortable for some people to discuss. Credit for sure. And I do think that yeah. that does play a factor in relationships for sure. And it can make a, make or break a situation most definitely. Yeah. I definitely think, like I said, I do feel that some people are strictly together because of money for several reasons maybe it's one person that makes all the money or one person that maybe makes a significant amount of money or they handle the majors as far as the bills like the house the car stuff like that and it's like ooh, you know the other person doesn't really have a backup plan so that may be a reason why they haven't let go because of that um another thing stepping outside of that because i know we were just talking about letting go of things in general sometimes a lot of us need to let go of self-deprecation. So there's a lot of people walking around with awful credit and it's holding them back and they really 
feel like it can't get fixed. Me personally, I just had Miss Malika Honore on last Tuesday. We talked about finances and that whole podcast was supposed to be an episode to inspire other people. And while she's talking, I'm sitting there writing down notes for myself because <laughs> she said so much. Yeah. And I was like, and I actually just, you know, I just um, became one of her clients because I'm like, hell, I'm going to help myself. But I think that's another thing we need to let go of because some people feel like they can't get out of any situation, even when it comes to money. Oh, well, I'm in a whole ton of debt. I'm never going to get out of it. Yes, you can. There's so many ways to just get out of any situation. It just it's not overnight. Disclaimer number 99 It's not an overnight process. Okay. But it's yeah, possible. You have to be committed to making that change. You can't keep going to Starbucks every morning and expecting your debt to go down. <laughs> right. You can't keep paying your bills late. You know, and some of us, you know, that choose to work are in jobs that don't pay any money. And they're not making an effort to try and find something else either. You know, so it's so right. many layers to finances, you know, that I think, once again, fear is the main common thread with every single layer that we've discussed and letting go I think fear is the main component that keeps people stuck in situations where there's a person they shouldn't be with a job a bad habit anything it's fear of what's on the other side fear the unknown of okay what's gonna happen if I really do let go of this situation that's really not serving me what is going to happen because we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day so i think fear is the common thread with everything mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with that and i feel like one of the most common things for letting go is friendships because they always say well friends come and go come and go but family lasts forever right so do you feel like as you've gotten older, your friends have stuck around more and that you had more of a high rotation of friends when you were younger? So regarding friends, I've never been one of those people who feel like I'm always a quality more than quantity person, no matter what yeah. it is. I'm definitely like that with friends, too. I must prefer quality over quantity so I've never been a person that has had like a crap ton of friends you know I mean maybe it's the sarcastic person in me but I always kind of like roll my eyes at a person that has like a ton of friends or just they get along Uh with everybody it's like do you have do you stand firm on anything (laughs) it's just like do people ever disagree with you it's just like really like every fucking person you meet loves you like come on you know I just I've always been a quality over quantity person. Um, now, as far as my friends, I have some friends who I've been friends with since high school. And one of them I talk to like literally every single day. Um, uh-huh. As far as current friends, there's people that I've had to walk away from even recently. Um, but like you I just met you last year but I feel like you're a very good friend you know I just I really vibe off a person's energy more than anything so yeah I'm very selective about my friends but my door is honestly always open to meet new people like I've met several new people who I truly value as friends but there's also been some people where I'm just like this really isn't someone who 
Once again, I'm big on energy. So this person's uh-huh. energy isn't really for me. And it's not, uh-huh. you know, good for me to deal with them. You know, but I feel like even in at any age, I feel like if you know someone is really not for you, you should walk away. But that's just me. And I do feel like mm-hmm. sometimes we're in toxic friendships too. Why do you think it's easier for women in general to walk away from a friendship rather than a relationship? Why do you think relationships are harder? I don't know. And it could be, honestly, the sexual aspect, to be honest. I feel like when we share our bodies with someone, I do agree with what people say scientifically. Like, you're literally giving a person a part of you. You're giving a person a part of your energy. You're sharing energy. So I feel like physical bonds are like some people like to refer to it as soul ties. I've read people say that a lot. I just think it's something totally different. Because you literally are sharing your body. It is a soul tie, I feel like. And I feel like with our friends, we're not necessarily envisioning like a future with our friends. You know, not that I'm saying we don't. You know, but when you're investing in a relationship, I feel like you're seeing a future with that person. Like you're seeing a person you're expected to fall in love with and love you forever. You know, I think friends come with that little warranty like, okay, this may not work. <laughs> but yeah, I, there's a huge difference even when you're talking to a, a guy that you have been intimate with versus you haven't. I feel like it's so much easier to just be like, okay, that one was a jerk versus, but we had something going here. Right, I feel it's way harder to let go of someone that you've shared your body with, like completely. Mm-hmm. It's just harder because I feel we really do give a part of ourselves and vice versa. There really is an energy exchange. And it's hard to break that. It's like magnets sometimes. I feel it's really hard to break away. Um, and like you, I don't know, like, I don't know. Have you ever craved a person, like, like crave them like you crave coffee or something? Like, have you ever just craved to be around, like, a male counterpart? Yeah, like, well, yeah, like their energy. Like, they lift you up or they make you feel a certain type of, like, I don't know, like butterflies, I guess. Right, it's just something I, about that person. Yeah. So it's harder, I feel, to let go in that aspect. But on the flip side, I think there's some times where I remember, like, Girlfriends used to be one of my favorite shows. And I remember, like, when Tony and Joan, they were, like, best friends since childhood. But they had had so many rips in their friendship to the point where eventually they stopped being friends. And they were grown women in their either late 30s or 40s. And it was, they were mourning. It was like a loss, like like a death. So I do feel certain friendships really truly aren't that easy to let go of. And it does hurt. I will say that, you know, so it, so as far as friendships, I think it also depends on the level of that friendship. If that was someone that you basically love like a family member, it does hurt mm-hmm. to walk away. And I don't think it's easy, actually. That show actually was a good yeah. um a good blueprint of friendships because throughout that series, her and her friend Tony, Joan and Tony, had so many issues in their friendship. There was a point they even went to therapy together on their friendship. I think that was a good example just watching that show on how sometimes you have issues with your friends, 
there were times in the series they stopped speaking, but like I said, ultimately towards the end of the series, they stopped speaking all together. And it happens, unfortunately, sometimes, and it hurts because I know for the character Joan, she was hurt by it. Like, to the, you know, like she was mourning. It was just something hard to get over. Yeah, I mean, I've had three friendships in my life that I have had to mourn. And I've always tried to have the outlook of if it's, if it, this person is meant to be in my life, they will be. Mm-hmm. And I've had one of them come back. I've had another one I knew would not come back. And then I had a third one where I didn't know. And that third one really just gutted me because mm. basically the scenario was there was a guy who had been interested in me at my job. I was not interested in him, but my friend was looking for a guy and, and she's gorgeous. So I was like, why don't you meet her? So I introduced them one night. The three of us were at, at a bar and we were just kind of, you know, like shooting the shit. <laughs> and right. They actually fell in love. The problem was is that he was so angry with me for rejecting him and I didn't know that, that he started lying to her about things I supposedly had said, which was not true, mm-hmm. about her children. So he knew that was the most important thing in her life. And he said that I was basically being rude about her kids, which I would never even talk poorly about a child. Mm -hmm. But I had years of a built friendship with this person where she was my person. We were inseparable. We were like sisters. And we always believed each other until he came in the picture and it was like all of a sudden she was like why are you doing this to me and I'm like well, don't you I was more or less hurt about the fact that she believed it right and we tried, we tried to make it work and she ultimately chose him over me mm. and I was hurt for a very 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 long time but now they are married and I it's one of those things where I cheer her on from afar. Right. But she, I was her first phone call when she got engaged, and she was upset because she was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm going to marry him. Mm. And I could not sit here, sit there as her friend and say congratulations. Because right. to me, I felt like she was making the biggest mistake because she was marrying a liar. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's very hard to do that when she is such a um, respected person in the town by, well, half the town, and then the other half of the town knows how he is. Um, So it's one of those things where I was like, in order for me to be okay with this, I'm going to have to just excuse myself because nothing I say at this point, like, she made her decision. Right. But I had had that conversation and said... I don't understand why somebody that you've been with for two months is trumping our seven years of a friendship. But you know what's funny you said that? I think there's a lot of friendships that have been destroyed by another person, meaning like the opposite sex or something. I think that's so common, uh unfortunately. It would be different if she had already known him and they were married because honestly... At that point, I'd be like, you need to put your husband first because you are, you've made a commitment to that person. I would have, 
if I loved her and I cared about her, I would have stepped aside. But it was the fact that I knew he was only being that way because I had rejected him. But I didn't understand where that hate was coming from because I still introduced him to somebody that he ultimately fell in love with. Wow. It's funny you said that. Yeah. But I had a friendship too. I had been friends with this person since college. And we were like best friends. And she was married, okay? And there was a guy who, at the time, we I thought we were really cool. Like, we talked almost every day. Like, I considered him, like, a really close friend. So, mm-hmm. he was telling me one day how he had a friend, a male friend who was married, and they were cheating. And, you know, he was trying to give the guy advice, and it wasn't working. So, I shared with him as a friend, mind you. That I'm, wow, like, I'm like, I'm in the same situation. My best friend, she's married and she's having these marital issues and she's, like, stepping out on her husband. And I'm just like, this is an awkward situation because, to me, the person, her husband was a good guy. So I'm confiding Uh in him about this. And I'm confiding in him certain things about her, not in, like, a catty way, but because I also Uh viewed him as one of my close friends. So, lo and behold, shame on me, didn't realize that once I told him the situation and he met her in person, he actually tried to get with the married friend. (laughs) Okay, this is like a bad Tyler Perry movie. So, he tries to get with my married friend, and I had no idea, but he repeated everything I told him, which was not, like I said again, was not told to him in a negative thing against her. I'm sharing these things with him in a way like okay wow i'm going through the same thing with my friend and he tried oh yeah he did it that way you know thinking he was going to get in her good graces so i don't know maybe be the next person for her to cheat with or whatever i don't know what the hell he was thinking but it's just like are you serious so Mm -hmm. me and her were already having issues in the friendship at that point because obviously things were just already falling apart but like i said i didn't realize that these bugs were being put in her ear by him so Mm -hmm. when it finally came out when she mentions to me months later that he said all these things to her she was so upset that she was in tears that was one thing but on my end a i was pissed that he obviously went to her and told her this bs which i'm sure he embellished on a lot because some of the things she said was just flat out lies i'm like i never even said this part (laughs) you know it's just like seriously like he was literally making up scenarios blended in with the truth okay so that was an issue of course so i was already frustrated because i'm just like number one i shouldn't even be having this issue with my married best friend anyway because you really should be dealing with your husband anyway like this is weird that we're actually having an issue with our friendship over someone that's trying to get with you and you have a whole husband so it was just so many layers to that and me and her were already having issues because I do consider myself an outspoken friend so I was the friend that's like okay you really shouldn't be I personally don't agree what you're doing with your husband and I didn't feel that I was being negative saying that I'm trying to be a friend and tell her that because I feel like a real friend is not going to sit back and watch their friend make a mistake, especially something like that, cheating on their spouse, especially when they have kids. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel any hesitation in giving my opinion on that. Like, I think you need to think about this, blah, blah, blah. 
So ultimately, we did not remain friends after that because she was also upset because, like I said, she took in the lies that he said. But on my end, I was pissed because I'm like, I've known you how many years and you're taking someone who, number one, is trying to get what you know and you're married and you're eating this stuff. Some of the stuff that he said were things that was like, I would never even fix my lips to say. And I'm just like... That's the part that really boggled my mind. So, like, that friendship was over and done with. And this was recently. This was, like, maybe three years ago this came to a head. And that was someone who I had been really close with since college. So, that was a rough one. But I didn't look back on that situation either, honestly. Because I feel like we get to different stages in life where not everyone can come with us. Right. Yeah, people come in and they go for a reason. And it's hard to imagine your life without those those people. And um, I agree with I you. That's when you cheer people on from a distance sometimes. Yeah. And the thing is, is like in this particular instance, I feel like she probably thinks I hate her, but I don't. I just, I, every time I would give him a chance, because she'd asked me to, he would continuously lie about stuff. Or, like, he, he went as far as one time as to have the, uh, one of his best friends, who was a girl, um, ask me to hang out and go grab a drink and because she said she was new to the job and wanted to meet people. And so I said, yeah, reluctantly, knowing that she was his best friend. And she had said to me... Um, so I have this friend, and she has kids, and do you know um, anybody in the area that, you know, has, like, a daycare, like, out of their home, so it's cheaper? And I said, yes, because my friend does have kids, and she's the only person that, that I knew at the time that had children, because we were so young. And I said, but here are some pros, and here are some cons, but she's told me, um, I did not go into detail, but he had gone through her phone and saw the details mm. and then held her. And then when the girl went immediately back to my friend and said, she said this about your children and she was <laughs> wow. like, why are you making it out to be like my kids are bad kids and that they shouldn't go to daycare? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, Wow. So I definitely got like master manipulated in that situation. Um, because I would have never thought that that is something that somebody would even want to take part in doing, like deliberately hurting somebody's relationship. And I told her that at the time, too. I said, you should be with somebody that wants you to have these lifelong friendships. Right. And doesn't come between us. But what are you going to do, you know? And it just gets to the point where you got to let go. Right. You definitely do. So I want to... I want us to kind of wrap it up and just basically, I know we talked about different layers of letting go. We touched on careers, relationships, family, and of course, friends. So what are your last thoughts just regarding letting go in general? In general, I would just say ultimately, if you are trying to weigh your options on something if you should walk away from it or not, my rule of thumb is if it makes you 80% happy, stick it with it and fight for it. If it makes you 
80% miserable, then you should probably reassess your situation and do whatever you think is going to be best for you. Because ultimately, if you're in a situation that you know you're going to be miserable without this person, but you're more miserable with that person, you're not really getting anywhere. So that's what I would say if you have to take anything away from what we talked about today. I think definitely, and I know a lot of people weigh with decisions on whether they should walk away from a person, you know, a relationship, a job, whatever, or they having some issues with family. I think ultimately your deciding factor is right in your heart. I think your heart really makes the final decision. And we truly know deep down in our heart what works for us and simply what doesn't. Um, And I just truly feel like, once again, I'll say it every single podcast. I'll try and make a point to say this. You just have to love yourself. You have to go love yourself because at the end of the day, it's in your heart the answer to the the question that's weighing on your your heart. Like, okay, should I deal with this person or should I make the steps to leave this job or should I keep going to these family reunions when I know like so-and-so is going to be there and they're hurting my feelings? Like, it's, it's a simple answer, but it's a hard decision to make. But... I feel like ultimately we just have to put ourselves first. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself first. It's self-love. Don't mistake self-love for being selfish in a negative way. It's a good thing to be selfish sometimes. Okay, if something's hurting you, if something's not serving you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making that decision that will ultimately make you happy. And you're worth it. Anyone listening, you're worth it to be happy. You're worth it to be satisfied with your life. You're worth it to move on. And I guarantee most of the things that we hold on to that we feel like we have to hold on to it because because it could be several reasons why we feel we have to hold on to something. And I guarantee that your worth was on the other side. I know it's scary because we don't know what what will happen when we walk, especially when we walk away from relationships. We don't know what's going to happen. And like I said, complacency, we get accustomed to that. We get accustomed to patterns. We get accustomed to people or places or things. But it's okay to walk away is all I'm saying. So just make sure you do love yourself. If anything is not serving your happiness, there's nothing wrong with walking away. There's also nothing wrong with making a decision to see, hey, maybe I can make this better. Maybe I shouldn't just toss this person away. However, still love yourself enough to put it on the table and to challenge that person maybe and say, hey, if this doesn't work, though, I am prepared to walk away. You know, there's nothing wrong. Especially in a marriage. Right. Because at that point, you want to say to yourself, have I done everything that I can do for right. me to walk away comfortably that I did it? Exactly. So. No regrets. Exactly. And that's a good one. Just have no regrets. So whatever stage that you're in, as I like to round out the podcast with, just make sure that you do love yourself. If you're in a stage right now where you're weighing on a situation, you have something that's really weighing heavily on your heart, you're trying to decide if it is the right decision for you, just make sure you love yourself in the process and you will make the correct decision. If you're in a stage in your life where you've just walked away from something and you may be mourning that friendship or mourning that person Or you're trying to scramble and figure out, well, how am I going to make my ends meet after I just left this job? Just make sure that you calm down, love yourself, let your heart lead you. And I guarantee that whatever is waiting on the other side, it will work for you. 
and just never doubt yourself, but definitely love yourself and it will be worth the risk. Thank you so much, Alicia, for participating. I know we're going to be having some more future recordings. I actually had some ideas in my mind while we were talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So thank you guys for listening. And this has been the Q Chat.